The US dollar extended gains as the Japanese yen got hammered at yesterday's trading session after the Bank of Japan got punched in the face on a decision that it made regarding its yield curve control policy that was clearly seen as being too little to save the day for the Japanese yen. Today is the US Fed's turn to decide. So welcome. This is Swiss Codes Daily Market Talk. So the US dollar was mostly bid yesterday and it was thanks to a rapid but a rapid sell-off in the Japanese yen after the Bank of Japan announced many, many, many policy losing steps yesterday that really didn't find buyers. Loosening the upper limit on the 10-year JGB yield in the context of a yield curve control policy is clearly, clearly not enough when considering that traders and investors out there are now waiting impatiently for the BOJ to drop it altogether and forget. But on the contrary, not only that the Bank of Japan is not giving up on its yield curve control policy, but it is on track to match its record annual bond purchases this year. And almost all of the Japanese 10-year bonds and more are now held by the Bank of Japan, which in my opinion will become illegal one day. But that's not the question. The BOJ hasn't yet moved an inch towards normalization of its interest rate policy, whereas the major, major central banks like the ECB and the Fed, well, they just start plotting their tightening cycles after more than a year and a half of aggressive interest rate hikes. So no wonder the Japanese yen got smashed yesterday after the BOJ decision. The dollar yen spiked past the 151 level, even though the uptick in the Japan-US 10-year yield spread, which also takes higher because of a decent decent jump in the Japanese 10-year yield, well, didn't really help attract Japanese yen longs to the market. Now, the only thing that really holds the traders back from a more aggressive selling of the Japanese yen is the fear of a direct effects intervention from the Japanese authorities. So if that happens, there is good reason also to go out and buy the dip, I'm telling you. Now, zooming out of Japan, the US dollar index consolidated a touch below its last month peak yesterday. The US consumer confidence index dropped to a five-month low, but, but the latest wages data from the US continue to give signs of strength. Yes, strength. I'm sorry, because the employment cost index, which is a top-notch gauge of what employers actually spend on compensation for employees, well, rose 1.1% in the third quarter. That was slightly higher than a quarter earlier. Wages and salaries, on the other hand, rose by 4.6% above the US headline CPI, which came in at 3.7% at the latest reading, and well above the 3% level as it was the case before the pandemic. And that was all before the United Auto Workers reached a jaw-dropping deal with Detroit's three car makers where they could actually nail a 25% increase in wages. Yes, 25% increase and around 150% increase in compensations for the low-paid tier of temporary workers. 150%. So we are not ready to see these numbers smooth lower in the 
immediate future because other strikes are also happening elsewhere. Now, speaking of the employment market and all that, the ADP data, which is due today, is expected to reveal around 150,000 new private job additions in the US in the month of October. And Joel's data is expected to show a drop in job openings. On Friday this week, we will have the official jobs figures from the US. Now, the letter obviously won't impact the Federal Reserve expectations for this week's and today's monetary policy decision simply because the Fed decision is due today, as I said, and we won't have a full, full picture on the U.S. jobs market's health before Friday afternoon for us in Europe. But we actually know that any further strength in the U.S. jobs data will reinforce a potentially hawkish stance from the Federal Reserve policymakers. Because we know that the Fed is not done fighting inflation just yet. We know that the Fed President Jerome Powell won't go up there and well, call the end of the monetary policy tightening in the US after seeing a blowout growth data last week, which showed that the US GDP grew almost 5% in the third quarter of this year. That's more than China, guys. And, well, inflation takes higher as well because people, American people, just kept spending. Duh. And if people actually kept spending, well, a part of it was not because they were crazy, but because, well, they spent their savings. But if they actually spent their savings this easily, it's also because they're Americans, but it's also because they didn't necessarily feel apparently threatened to lose their jobs or to remain jobless for a long period of time. So yes, ladies and gentlemen, the jobs market strength seems to be playing tricks on the Fed and the jobs market is clearly not loose enough at this point for Fed to stop. So I think that we won't hear anything soothingly dovish at today's Fed decision. The higher yields help us do the job is the best that we could get. Now, normally that should translate into a stronger US dollar across the board against many, many majors out there because you know where growth is not strong? Well, yes, China is not doing brilliantly these days. And this week's economic data from China actually showed that the Chinese factory sector actually slipped back into recession. But, but, but besides China, Eurozone economies are not doing particularly well either because the German economy contracted in the third quarter, the French and Italian economies stagnated, the overall Eurozone growth fell 0.1% on a quarterly basis in the third quarter, but at least... Well, inflation slowed in the Eurozone, so that was the news that actually got investors and probably the European Central Bank somehow think that, phew, it could be worse. But as a result of soft growth numbers from the Eurozone and soft inflation data, the Euro dollar couldn't extend gains above the 50-day moving average and sank below the 106 level at yesterday's trading session. Now, the positive trend that we see in the Euro dollar is losing momentum momentum and the divergence between the strength and the health of the US economy versus its European counterparts and this divergence between the Federal Reserve, which is still quite hawkish, and the European Central Bank, which becomes a little bit more dovish, while the divergent outlook between them also play in favor of a deeper depreciation in the euro against the greenback in the medium run. 
Elsewhere, the U.S. crude slipped below its 100-day moving average at yesterday's trading session as buyers became rare on news that Israel's ground offensive in Gaza is not as violent as expected, even though we all know that in absolute terms, the carnage that we see in Gaza is well, taking its toll in the region, and there is nothing but nothing to be less worried about the situation than a week ago. What is possible that a 1.3 million barrel build in the U.S. crude inventories last week according to the API data released yesterday, may also have helped the oil bears to push the sell-off below the $82 per barrel level yesterday. But now, oil bears will certainly hit a decent, decent support near the $80 per barrel level, as at this level, they also know that Saudis have got their back. And also, the risks of geopolitical nature remain clearly, clearly tilted to the upside. So for those who actually bet that we will see a dip near the $80 per barrel level in the coming days, it could soon be time to roll up the sleeves. Inequities, the S&P 500 rose on the last day of October, but recorded its longest monthly slide since the pandemic. Still, the index kicks off the new month. It touched above the major 38.2% Fibonacci retracement, which should in theory, distinguish between the continuation of the last year's rally and a slide into a medium-term bearish consolidation zone. Now, it obviously all depends on whether the U.S. yields will consolidate and eventually come lower from the actual levels, or uh, will they continue their journey higher in the second scenario? In the case of higher yields, well, we will likely see major U.S. stock indices, including the S. S&P 500 sink into a bearish trend. Meanwhile, the U.S. Treasury will reveal its bond issuance calendar today, which could also have a serious impact on the bond yields direction in the next coming weeks and months. And earnings are also flowing in at full speed. And Apple will be reporting its third quarter results tomorrow. So this is all for today. I'm Ipeko Skardeshke, and thank you for joining me and thank you for all your messages. I hope this episode of Market Talk has been helpful and it has been insightful to you. So please do not hesitate to leave your comments, your reactions and your questions below as usual. And follow us on Instagram, on X and on LinkedIn for regular market updates. And subscribe, of course, to our YouTube channel for daily market comments. And don't you forget to hit the like button to let us know that you enjoy these videos. I will meet you again tomorrow. And until then, good day trading.